Hello, and it's good to see you back with us as we continue examining the power of prayer based on my book, Praying with Passion, Grounded in Obedience. The book can be found through my website, prayingwithpassion.com. And be sure to follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcast so that you won't miss any of the future podcast sessions. Today, we continue our subject area of dealing with adversity. I know we've all had our share of adversity in life, and as I mentioned last time, when I say the word adversity, just plug your particular issue into your thoughts. Whether that's financial, illness, health, relationship problems, those are all adversities that we all have to deal with. So you'll know what we're talking about when I say the word adversity. If you read chapter 9 of the book prior to this episode, you know about some of my own issues in adversity, my sifting, if you will. Because of my own sifting, I am more conscious of how I live and what others see of me when I'm under stress. As I said in the book, I'm called to get over the personal attacks, get over the physical setbacks, and get over the emotionally and physically draining complications from health issues that were all a part of that adversity and sifting. I want to tell you a short story about a very minor adversity I faced recently. You know, putting these podcast episodes together can be a bit daunting for someone who's not naturally tech savvy, and that would be me. I record the session, move it over to an editing program, edit the podcast, then move it into a publishing program, and then publish it. So it's a several-step process. I was really having a bunch of technical issues as I was putting together part three of Praying in Spiritual Warfare, which is episode 12. It would just not come together. I spent an entire afternoon working on it, and finally I just deleted it all and went out to the shop to work on a project for Kitty. I finally settled down and prayed about the episode and told God that if he didn't want it published, I was okay with that. I just needed to know. Then I admonished Satan to leave me alone and let me get it done. So I went back to the computer And literally, 45 minutes later, the episode came together and I had it posted to Spotify and Apple Podcast. You know, prayer works in adversity no matter how small that adversity is, such as my little one, or how great, like I covered in Chapter 9. We all have to depend on God to get us through those hard times. As I went through the very difficult situations I described in the book, I learned some object lessons, both spiritual and practical. One of the things that I learned was difficult for me to do, and that was finding out that I am called to forgive people who attack me back then and even now and get over what they've done to me and said about me. I'm called to try to live a life that exhibits the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control and godliness. Those are the things that I have to learn to do. And that is a lesson for you as well as you go through your own troubles and your own adversities. That's what we're called to do. And you may be thinking, well, buddy, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what they did to me. And you are right. I don't know what that person did to you. I don't know the pain you suffered. I don't know what they said about you. I really don't. I truly don't have the same experiences you have had. And all of that may be true, but I do know that you will need to find a way to get through all of that, and prayer is the avenue you will need to take. Prayer is your lifeline to God. It connects you to the only solution in the universe to help you get through your situation, and that solution is the love of God through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I will tell you quite candidly again that it is not easy. For me, it is a day-to-day effort to defeat Satan's reminders to me that I have been attacked. For me, it is a day-to-day process to avoid returning to the anger I felt at one time and dredging up the frustration I felt when media attacks against me were going on. To forget the comments on Facebook and other social media, the phone calls in the middle of the night, the veiled threats against my family, the letters and emails with threats to kill me. Literally, it is every day asking God to forgive me for doubting Him and asking the Holy Spirit to get me through each day as my comforter. I'm here teaching a series of studies that include spiritual warfare. And I know many of the attacks on me were demonic in nature, but I also know God lifted his protection over me and allowed them for a reason. It wasn't sin in my life, even though I'm certainly not perfect. It was that I had to become stronger. I had to be able to teach this entire course of study, including the spiritual warfare sections, not just through head knowledge, but through experiences of the heart. And as we covered on the three sessions on prayer and spiritual warfare, I know the tools of spiritual warfare and defeating demonic attacks. However, I had to experience those severe attacks for myself in order to be able to effectively use the weapons and tools God gave me so I could also learn to use them effectively for others, for you. I had to grapple with the physical manifestations of what happened during one of my very serious surgeries while at the same time dealing with the emotional devastation of feeling abandoned and having my character attacked and my family attacked. I had to learn how to surrender to God. I had to become weak so that God could give me His strength. God is still in control, and the only way to come out of devastating adversity is to rely on God and His power to get you through it. You will not get through it on your own. I have been a strong person all my adult life, sometimes arrogantly so much to my sorrow. Yet as strong as I have been, I was not strong enough to defeat Satan on my own. I could only defeat him by relying on God and the power of the Holy Spirit. As Paul was praying to be released from his adversity in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God said this to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I had to learn that God's grace is sufficient for me too. I will tell you that in my own experience, when you hurt so much emotionally, spiritually, or physically, it is so easy to become self-centered and isolated from God. It's so easy to find that your prayers sound hollow and meaningless and therefore there seems to be no real reason to pray. It is so easy to feel abandoned. I mean, I've been there. And when that happens, however, I encourage you to literally get on your face before God and pray. That is what got me through it. Pray even when it sounds hollow to you. Pray until you run out of words and you just lay there and listen for God. Pray until you feel the presence of God. He's there all the time. You just have to get your heart into a condition to be still and know He's there. I truly hope you don't have to be sifted with some of those harsh attacks like I had. Frankly, though, as you grow spiritually and step out more boldly as a prayer warrior, I believe you may well be attacked. You must be strengthened to not only survive your ordeal, but in order to do great things for God when it's all over. And sifting in one way or another will do that. As we talk about how to pray through adversity, I borrowed the five stages of grief 
from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross to help you understand what will happen to you. Or maybe it already has happened to you or it's happening to you now. There truly are stages of dealing with serious, life-threatening, soul-shaking adversity, just as there are stages of dealing with grief. I've experienced every one of them personally. Ultimately, for the Christian, that feeling of being abandoned by God is truly dealing with grief and one of the hardest things to get through. God will not leave us or forsake us. Remember that God has not abandoned you, and he never will. But that doesn't change how we may feel. We may certainly feel like we've been abandoned. In dealing with adversity, you may find the following stages. First, there's denial. It's a feeling that says, this can't be happening to me. You're just incredulous that this is going on. You just doubt that it's even going on. Then you go into the second stage, which is anger, and you just you rage out, it's not fair, and how can this be happening to me? And then you ask God, God, why did you why did you leave me? And you become mad at God. Well, don't let that worry you because God's big enough to handle your anger. You, he'll handle that and you'll come through it eventually. But when you're in that anger, you just feel that it's just not fair. So then you start bargaining with God. You say, God, get me out of this. I'll do anything to to get out of this trouble. What do you want me to do? I'll I'll be a missionary. I'll go this place or that place. I'll I'll join some commune somewhere and do whatever you tell me to do. So you start bargaining and dealing with God and trying to get out of the situation. And finally you you go into a depression. It's a very low point in life and you you just feel so sad and you kind of you feel like why bother with dealing with this? And you think that I want to quit. I want out. Well, let me tell you, this is a dangerous place. Whenever you're in that depression mode, this is a very dangerous place. And this is where you have to make a choice, literally, to live or to die. You have to get through this. Then you go through acceptance. And you finally determine that it's going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. And I'm going to do it with God's help. Those are the five stages of dealing with the adversity. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. In my situation that you'll read about in the book, I tried to deny what was going on. I couldn't believe it. The physical issues with my surgery were understandable, although they were certainly worse than we thought going in. A nine-hour surgery with two nine-inch incisions in your back and then going into shock and atrial fibrillation and just on and on from there. I didn't quite die, but I got close enough to smell it. But the lies and the news reports from people who attacked me were not reasonable or understandable. They had no basis in reason or fact, and I was going through the physical pain at the same time I was going through the emotional pain. In all of that, I did go through denial, the first stage of grief. Frankly, I couldn't believe it was happening. It was just boggled my mind that it was going on. When it finally soaked into me that I was under unjustified spiritual attacks, I was very angry with God for not answering my prayers for deliverance and freedom from those attacks. Remember, I know the tools to fight the spiritual attacks. But I stayed that way for a while, and frankly, the anger would come back almost unexpectedly from time to time, and that was the second stage. Then I bargained with God about getting me through it and ending the emotional, spiritual, and physical pain. I was willing to trade almost anything for it all to stop. I'd quit. I could run, hide, anything. And eventually, I just felt defeated. I was beaten. I was depressed. I could not fathom what I had done 
to deserve such personal, emotional, and physical attacks. And the depression endured for quite a long time. It was at that very low point when I finally realized God was still there and would get me through the ordeal. It was when I finally realized that only in going through severe adversity myself would I be able to truly understand what Jesus had gone through on the cross. I finally accepted that it was only by going through the adversity that I was able to appreciate the great sacrifice Jesus had made on my behalf when he died outside the presence of God. And it was only then that I could fully understand that it was a personal, painful, and complete sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, and it had my name on it. And it had your name on it, too. I'll say that again. It was a personal, painful, and complete sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, and it had my name on it, and it had your name on it, too. My cry out to God, asking Him why He had abandoned me, finally shook me to my very foundation as I realized what the word sacrifice truly means in the Christian life. With that realization, I learned what it truly means to have the Holy Spirit walk beside me, comfort me, counsel me, protect me, and get me through the fire of adversity. I truly am stronger for having come through the adversity. I don't ever want to do it again, and I do pray I never have to. I know, though, that God will always be there all the way through the fire of any trials I may encounter. In my own troubles, I went through two well-known chapters of the Bible to discover and recover and to reinforce what I had learned. I think you can use them too. Psalm 51 is David's cry for forgiveness after having been found out to be a murderer and an adulterer. When David was finally confronted with the truth of what he had done and forced to face reality, he was truly sorry and repented for what he had done and pleaded with God for forgiveness. Psalm 51 will help you with that. Part of my sin was my lack of faith in God that he would get me through it. Part of it was my anger. I had to go through confession to God about those things. And I did. Also, Psalm 23 is a restorative chapter to help you recover once you confessed your weaknesses and your need for God. I'll read it here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Or runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Imagine, if you can, a place more fearsome than a valley filled with death. The battlefield at Gettysburg may well be the best example in American history. Think of the death camps of World War II, of Auschwitz and Dachau from World War II, the trenches of World War I where thousands and thousands of men were dying. The Twin Towers on 9-11, the mass shootings in a school are like what happened in a few years ago at Las Vegas. King David of Israel got it right when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. 
The Lord is your shepherd, your guide, and your protector, and you shall not be left wanting for any necessity. He will give you comfort, such as a gentle lamb has that lies down in green, lush pastures, protected by a watchful and able shepherd. The Lord's path is like one that runs along beside still waters and not etched along the precipice of a raging, violent, flood-swollen river. When you've had troubles, the Lord will restore your soul and reestablish the peace and tranquility that you're missing from your life. You will be able to rest in the Lord. You will have peace with the Lord. Jesus will lead you along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There is great comfort in being right with the Lord. You will do good things for yourself and for others by following the narrow yet uncluttered path of Jesus. Even though you may walk through that valley of the shadow of death, your fears will leave you because Jesus is there with you. He has a rod for your protection and a staff for you to lean on. With Jesus, those instruments will provide protective comfort to you. As the world and its problems and troubles press in on you from every side and your enemies surround you, the Lord will prepare a blessed feast for you, even in the presence of those worldly enemies that conspire against you, whoever and whatever they may be. You will be honored in your earthly life as the wealthy of King David's time were honored with the pouring on of perfumed oil, and your every need will be met so that you will have more blessings than your life can hold. By following Jesus, you will see goodness and mercy all the days of your life. And in the end, when death overtakes you, you shall indeed dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That, my friends, is the essence of praying through adversity. You must have a firm belief that Jesus is Lord and the Savior of your soul. You must stay in touch with God through reading his word on a regular basis. And along with that, you must pray. Stay connected with God, look for the will of God, and pray within the heart of God. Look for opportunities to help others and to pray for others, to tell others about what Jesus has done for you, especially how you get through your adversities. Be a prayer warrior. Be ready to take the battle to Satan. There will be bad days and bad times to go along with the good times of life. You can't predict the time of day or night when adversity will strike. But if you are prayed up, if you are read up in your Bible, and if you are ready for the attacks that Satan and his demons will launch against you, you will indeed be able to pray through adversity. And in doing that, you will have that peace in your life, even in the middle of the storms. You will persevere through the grace of God. Earlier, I asked, God, what am I doing here? What do you want me to do? The answer is simple. It is the same answer John the Baptist gave the Jewish leaders in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 23, when they questioned him about his purpose. John said this, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Through prayer, live a life that shows others the way to our Lord Jesus. Live a life of peace with God and with yourself and others. I hope one day you and I both will be able to use the words Paul used in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. It says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. As we close this episode, I have a prayer for you. It's this, 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, I pray that prayer for you. Amen. Next time, we will get into our authority to do supernatural things in the name of Jesus. Those are indeed some exciting studies because so many of us have not really contemplated the ability we have to do those supernatural things. So until then, as my prayer said, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. (music) 